Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Cry About It, the podcast about all that sad music that makes you so happy. I'm Cavi, my man TJ Hirsch is with us this evening, and we have a very special guest this evening, Michelle Judah, who reached out to us actually, and I'm super excited about that. Uh, she lives in Philly, she's from Jersey, and she was set to come to our first Philly emo night that unfortunately got canceled because of COVID, but uh, we're looking forward to rescheduling that and having her come out as soon as uh, everybody gets these vaccines and we're back to normal. How are you doing today, Michelle? I'm doing great. I've uh, been excited to have a reason to like change out of sweatpants for once. <laughs> we wouldn't know if you had sweatpants on anyway. It's true, it's true, but it makes me feel better that I don't. <laughs> I, actually, I actually changed into sweatpants. <laughs> so Michelle, you mentioned growing up in New Jersey, which in, especially in the emo pop punk uh, scene is known for putting out so many great bands. Did you grow up going to shows? I did. Um, I actually, so I grew up um, right around Princeton. Um, so in a small town by Princeton and um, grew up going to like small shows in like Trenton. I didn't start going to shows until I was probably in high school. I didn't really go to shows before that. You know, it was one of those things where I feel like the scene was so strong where I was at, um, you know, saves the day. I was from Princeton. Like uh, I knew people that went to school with some of the members and things like that. So um, I think I started out really young getting into that music. Um, probably by the time I was like 11, 12. Um, that was kind of my scene. What, what was the first uh, concert or show that you uh, like from that genre that you remember going to? I don't remember many of the small shows that I went to, um, but the first, I think the first bigger show I went to uh, was probably brand new. Okay. Um, they were probably my first bigger emo show, um, other than like basement no-name band shows. <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's a great introduction to it, especially back then. Frank, what was your first emo show that you remember going to? Uh, the one at the bog. <laughs> Our first emo night? <laughs> good. Good, good, good. <laughs> You're looking very emo there, sitting in the dark with your little purple light behind you, though. Today, I like it. Uh, confession, I, I don't like to sit with the lights on. I like it dark. Fair. You are an emo kid. At, I get at in heart. trouble about that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now you're in, you're in Philly, though. You mentioned right. How's the how, how have you found the transition to Philadelphia? The uh, the music scene in Philadelphia. Um. So I think one of the reasons I always loved Philly so much is just because the scene's really strong here too. Um. And there's just so many concert movies to go to. Philly was always one of my favorite cities because. It was so close to Jersey that I came here for shows 24-7 anyway. The one thing I will say, though, is that I prefer the mosh pits in Jersey. <laughs> wow, okay. I will say it. I will say it. Going to emo nights here in Philly, I think, was a really cool way to start. Like, before I moved here, I started going to emo shows here. And um, I think as far as the music that they play at the emo shows here um you did get a lot of like older songs that may not normally be played other places so i thought that was kind of cool it's a little bit more underground i guess um for some of the like small venues around here that do them very neat where where did you go to some um if you don't mind us asking um so even though it's in gen general like i've been to uh like bk la 
Um, but here in Philly, um, there's a small bar called the Barbary that does their mm-hmm. own called through being cool. So those were the ones that I would come out to Philly uh, nonstop to <laughs> before I was living here. Um, and then that's where I met my boyfriend and then um, ended up here. So I've been in Philly for two and a half years now. Very neat. For in, uh, in honor of you being in Philly, I threw up some Wonder Years and uh, the Menzingers here on my, yeah. on my fish tank behind us. Yeah, I appreciate that. We, 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 we're from Scranton, so we really claim the Menzingers because they're from our hometown, but yes. they, they claim Philadelphia, so we'll, we'll, give it, we'll, we'll allow them to do that. Did you, did you get a chance to go to a lot of shows when you moved to Philly? Yes. Um, shows? Actually, once COVID happened, uh, I was kind of like realizing that shows are my main hobby. And I was like, well, who even am I now? <laughs> like, what do I even do? Um, yeah, I usually go to about, I would say like 40, 45 shows a year. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's kind of what keeps me going, but also it keeps me poor. <laughs> right. I think that um, that was something for a lot of us. Um, us and on the other end of it, because I put on concerts and then we, um, Frank obviously DJs, and then we also do um, we do the emo nights, and and we were really kicking into high gear with those right right when COVID hit. Um, so I think that's definitely something that uh, that I think a lot of people realized real quick. You kind of took for took it took for granted just being around people and and being out um, at, at bars around people and hearing music you love live, right? So what year, what year did you start doing Emo Night? 2015 or 2016 was our first one. So we did one and then we did it like... Um, it was a while after that, right, to, to the second one? Yeah, so we did one and then, then do another one basically for a year, almost as a joke. You know, like I knew the big ones like Emo Night LA and, and Emo Night Brooklyn um, were like they were, they were burgeoning at that point. Like they hadn't really blown up yet. And I was like, this could be a, this could be a cool idea. Um, just as a one-time thing, the reception was, was wild. Like we, we packed out the bar. It was full. There were like people overflowing out in the street and everybody's had a blast. And we were like, that was really cool. Let's do it again next year. Right before the next time we were going to do it, we got um, invited to, to do an emo night as uh, like a pre-show for dashboard confessional when they were playing in the area for, for like a radio station. And uh, there's a ton of advertising behind it. We we're like, wait, this is a real thing. Because um, it was like in a different city. We we're going to make a go at it. And then we started doing it basically every three months. I'm so ready to be there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be back at the Kiefer, uh, or the Kiefer. But So you mentioned uh, you, you would come in and you would go to Emo Nights a lot. Something that, that we found with the people who, who came to ours, it kind of became like a, a family. And, and uh, there, were, there were regulars that would be at every single one. Um, and a community developed around it. And that's kind of why we started this podcast more to, to keep connected with the, the community and, and those people and have, you know, talking points and, and ways to stay engaged with them. Did that happen? Did you find that in, in Philly as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my very first emo night was in Asbury in Jersey. So I went to a couple out there and then the way I actually started going to the Philly ones was very random. Uh, I was still living in Jersey, but I came to Philly. It was like a Sunday night. I came here for a Third Eye Blind show at Festival Pier. Was walking back to my car uh, with my friend to go home. And then we walked past um, Morgan's Pier. And there was a sign outside saying Emo Night Tonight. And I basically begged my friend to go in um, and stay out for the night. And then I ended up meeting probably about like eight people that night who we like exchanged contacts with. And then um, 
for about a year or two after that, we would just text each other where the next one was and then we'd all go together. Um, we'd all meet up and um, basically a lot of them were Morgan's Pier or like the Barbary, um, smaller places in Philly. And then, yeah, we honestly, we would just keep a group chat going. We'd all meet up whenever we could. And um, it definitely felt like family. It was kind of, you know, it was like the time that you most needed it where, you know, you're kind of going through a transition in your life and then you end up meeting all these great people, um, you know, and you have something that's so great in common. I mean, I think music is the most amazing thing to have in common with people. Um, I feel like it's such a good bonding force. <laughs> so yeah, it definitely, definitely uh, brought me to a lot of great people. That's awesome. Frank, have you ever been to Morgan's Pier? I don't know the name of the bridge, but it's uh, the big bridge that goes to to Jersey. Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Bridge. There you go. Yeah. The Ben Franklin Bridge. There you go. Yeah. I, I've but been it, to the bridge. You've been to the bridge. Okay. Yeah. I know where the bridge is. So the bar is literally like on the pier underneath it. That's from R5 Productions who do most of the shows in Philly. Owned it, ran it for a while. So. Do you know those guys, Joe? I don't. I don't <laughs> actually know them. I admire them because they, they were booking like 20 venues at one point. But. R5, they book for like Union Transfer and First Unitarian and all that. Right? I, st- I kept my nose out of Philly. I let them do their own thing down there. But I wanna I don't wanna tread on their turf. <laughs> Mess around with the big boys, Joey. Yeah, exactly. They had they had more more coin than I did to, to play with. Uh, no, I, I have a question. More more for our benefit than anything. Being that you went to all these uh emo nights all over the place, uh did any of it ever get repetitive? I I definitely think in the most recent years like right before COVID happened um it definitely started to get a little repetitive um some of them have gotten so big that when you request songs like they won't play them because they're not popular enough at this point I don't know if that's something that you guys have encountered but uh I was at a show in Asbury as well like right before COVID happened um and I requested an offline trio song and basically they were like no we can't play that that's too sad and then oh, uh, wow. followed it up by yeah. playing uh, Smash Mouth. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that won't happen with us. No, uh, that was kind of no. a dagger in heart. Yeah. So I'm, no. I'm I'm super uh, a super stickler for uh, I, I maybe an emo purist of sorts, but not like the like emo is only Midwestern emo, like all that BS. But uh, we get a lot of like play Evanescence and play Papa Roach. And I just like, I won't do it. Um, it's gotta be a, a more scene band for, for us to make it in. But we try to accommodate all requests. Um, we, we have played Britney Spears once, but it was a, a bachelorette party. Was that it a, yeah, I was gonna say it was like a party. Yeah. yeah, it was a bachelorette party. And like, we played like half of it and then switched to Paramore just to keep them happy. But uh, yeah. That was, I think, the only time we we bent we bent a little bit. Yeah, and you know, Joe's good about like uh, doing uh, a, like I'll do like a poll on a Facebook post, like what what song you want to hear, what what band you want to hear, and then you know we like to at least try some of them, and if we'll get in, you know, get into the first hook of a song and nobody knows what's going on, you know, we'll change it up real quick to make sure we don't lose anything but that's something uh, i worry about yeah, have you guys I agree. Uh, played a song that you like thought was going to be a banger and it was just like <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. not <laughs> often 
yeah. And and the opposite happens and sometimes opposite, too, yeah. where someone will come up with something. And Joe's like, oh, I wouldn't even think, you know, to play that, and then we do, and then we have to put it in the rotation for next time because yeah. everybody want to hear it. We always play came out play, came out swinging by the Wonder Years, right? Like that was always our our Wonder Years song that we worked in, and and it always went off huge and then uh somebody had passed away locally and we were like well we'll play uh i was like just play cigarettes and saints i was like it's gonna flop like nobody's gonna gonna like this song at, at an emo night at a bar and he a minute into the song frank looked at me he's like we have to play that everywhere we go now he's like that was insane like every people were crying and like and they didn't necessarily know the person that passed away it was just one of our friends so it was a really cool moment when that happened and then um and frank it's all new to him so <laughs> all of it it all works, but he, he, he's finding stuff on, on the low. He's texting me about trippy red today. So <laughs> very, he's very, very, he's very excited about this new wave of email and I'm kind of excited. And this is where I think our big experiment is going to be is we're going to come back to a lot of new songs and albums that came out after, you know, through quarantine where people have sit there and digested for a year. So like I don't know how we come back and we like we can't not play Machine Gun Kelly. Like we have to play something from that album, right? Um we can't yeah. not play some of the Mod Sun stuff. Where the what's the new the new ones on the radio all the goddamn time now with Black Bear back? Oh, that's all time low. I mean All Time Low. Yeah. So that's that's Dear Maria. Yeah, they had number one song in the country. Oh. Black Bear and All Time Low. Like the Black Bear, like see, it's another another like rapper that's doing like emo stuff now, like coming out of nowhere. Like, what's going on? Here? Yeah, it's 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 all coming around. So it's it's interesting. I think that uh, people, I think we on a smaller scale, like people who have done emo nights, captured on nostalgia for about five years, and then everybody else kind of caught on to like, oh wait, like nostalgia really works here, and there's the labels realize there's viability between it behind it. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. emo night. The money labels. signs. Yeah. The, the money signs light up in their eyes. Like, Oh, look at this. And I firmly believe they'll destroy everything they touch. So <laughs> you might have a year of this nonsense before it just goes to complete shit. And we just come back to bands like the Menzingers and the wonder years that were yeah. the last time it crumbled. Right. And taking back yeah. Sunday, who's been here through it all. Um, as long as Taking Back Sunday and Pitbull don't put a song out together, I'll be, I'll be all right with it. Right? Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Pitbull in concert. It was it wasn't much much to write home about. Hey Joe. <laughs> you played the pre the Preakness, um, him and Mac him and Macklemore and the Darkness. It was quite a show. So you mentioned you you met your boyfriend at uh, an emo night, and there's a pretty wild story behind it. Something with skeletons involved. So I am known to dress up for concerts or emo nights just because. So I was coming out to Philly before I lived here. Um, for an emo night Thursday night and uh, I went to the mall to look for something fun to wear that night and ended up finding a skeleton onesie. It was not Halloween or anything <laughs> related um, and I just decided that had to be the outfit. Um, my friend who went with me tried to coerce me out of wearing it like a million times before we went. He was like, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Um, and ended up having a great time meeting my boyfriend that night. And, um, you know, the reason he came up to me to start talking to me was one, I was the only girl in the skeleton ones. <laughs> uh, two, I had, uh, 21 pilots as my background on my phone and three, I started a mosh pit during taking back Sunday. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 
so that yeah so now you know three and a half years later <laughs> here we are um thankfully emo night brought us together and <laughs> kind of changed my life so <laughs> oh that's awesome that's that's how great relationships start i think i i have a similar story so my wife she was a freshman in college when i was a sophomore or junior somewhere in that range and i was in the cafeteria with my roommate and i had a fallout fallout boy shirt on and she came up and was like i really like your fallout boy now i don't remember this i think she made she made this story up but i guess she was like i really like your fallout boy shirt and i like made fun of her and she like left like my way so now fast forward two years later um she was like in charge of uh bringing the concerts well one of the people in charge of bringing the concerts to campus and i was the editor of the newspaper and I would just write articles and trash all the concerts that they were bringing. So they were bringing like Light, Lifehouse and like, and we had to have like a meeting basically set up by like the president of the college about how I could like stop bullying um, the, the girls that bring in the concerts. And she had a Spill Campus shirt on and I was like, oh, I really like your, your Spill Campus shirt, blah, 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 blah. And we got to talking and uh, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to see Say Anything um, on Friday if you want to come. And that the rest is history. Now we're we're married we're married and there's a screaming crying baby somewhere upstairs right now that i'm that i'm listening to so that's adorable yeah. yeah so that's definitely uh i think you you've you've you found a good formula there yeah i i actually at one point was kind of banned um my friends had decided to try to ban me from going to taking back sunday shows because my prior two boyfriends before were i had met at taking back sunday shows wow yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, every time I go to like emo nights or take back Sunday shows, my girlfriends would be like, "Oh God, new boyfriend." <laughs> <laughs> so taking back Sunday seems to be a very big part of your life, from what I could tell. Yeah, huge. Yep. Would you say that they're like your your favorite or one of your favorites? I would say they're definitely my top band. Um, yeah. But I also, it's weird. Even though I was always into them ever since I was young. Um, I actually got more into them in the later years when they put out happiness is in like 2014 that album actually was like the album that like kind of gave me this new vigor for music i guess it was exactly like what i needed at the time and kind of got me to start going to shows like you know every week i would start driving anywhere to go see them um and yeah i, I think they just kind of that did it for me <laughs> See, <laughs> so you're more of a. I think that's actually probably my favorite album of theirs, even though I don't mm -hmm. think that was necessarily a big album at all. Um, I like that. I like that album. Um, I think there's a couple songs on there that are a little dad rocky, which I actually appreciate though. Like towards the end, like there's a, like the end of the album's like a little bit of uh, like the single on it. I felt like was a little like surfer rock, dad rocky. Um, like happiness is that song, but I like, but I liked it. Um, I really loved their self-titled. Like they're kind of the comeback of the full band. Um, yeah. that, that really, Taking Back Sunday is my like my favorite band in, in that genre as well. One of the first shows I ever went to was a Taking Back. It was Blink One Eight Two, Taking Back Sunday, and the Used, and it, it was awesome. Fell in love with that band from there and really dove into it. I saw them at the Chameleon Club in Lancaster, um, touring on the on the self titled with all the whole band back together. They were doing like undersell like small rooms, and Adam just like came out in the crowd. He had this like microphone rigged from the ceiling and like. I was like, these guys are just like such a down to earth, normal bunch of guys. Um, and like, I'm, I had worked with like Eddie Reyes before, like, like when the band was kind of like doing solo stuff and John Nolan, I've booked and, and like had the pleasure of like having a beer with before, like just down to earth, like normal, normal dudes. 
but like when seeing like Adam be in the crowd, like with people like just like covered in sweat and and falling on people and just just giving that experience to people, I was just like this this band's with it. So I got the album that night because I was like, eh, like I don't know that I need another Taking Back Sunday album in my life. And it was just like it was heavy and it was aggressive and it it was like I, at that point I think it was their heaviest album ever. And I yeah. really really enjoyed it um so that's what i was kind of into at that time and i think they were pandering a little to the day to remember crowd at that point because they were so big but um i've liked everything that's that's come out since I, i've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and they've been putting out albums consistently in the you know the last 10 years which is great so if you had to pick one taking back sunday song what what would your favorite song be then it's so weird for me because i always want to hear all those songs on the other album <laughs> no one seems to want to hear it anymore um, and it's funny that that, the, their self-titled album, I got really into that a little like after it came out, I kind of went back and realized what a good album that is. Um, and I was listening to an interview with them not that long ago. And it was funny because they were saying that they were so proud of that album and it just like, nobody like gave a shit about it. <laughs> yeah. It sold terribly. Yeah. It was awful, but they were like, it felt like such a good solid Take My Sunday album, which I still mm -hmm. think it is. Yeah, I agree. And I think there was so much saved up for that album. Like it was like they hadn't, you know, talked to each other in almost 10 years at that point. Like John and Adam writing together again, like, cause it was right after the bamboozle. That's probably like, tell all your friends is just what got me into music. So like, that's my favorite ever. But uh, that's probably my second favorite Taking Back Sunday album for sure. I will say though, I think one of their, my favorite actual songs of theirs would have to be Spin. And that was Fred Era. It's mm -hmm. so. a great song. They do, we, we do appreciate it. I want to shout out the Taking Back Sunday flag in the background for, for everybody. If you're listening to the audio version, you, you're not getting that visual. Frank, what is your favorite Taking Back Sunday song? The second one on the second album. <laughs> second one of the second album. Jesus. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really like that second. That's what the album I'm trying to forget it forget exists. I'll see there you don't even know it. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always took you for a cute without the e kind of guy. That one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that one. So how how um how have you been holding up during quarantine and and how is it uh, you know, is everything going well or are you adjusting? Things are going well. Um We're a year you know, into it, so. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> Um, I can definitely say that I'm realizing, I always thought I was such an introvert and I'm like, well, maybe I'm a little bit more extroverted than I thought because I'm so eager to see people and do things again. <laughs> but holding up, I mean, I get to work from home, which means I get to hang out with my dog all day. So, it's, you know, it's a perk. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, right? How's, uh, is Philly, uh, Philly opening up a little bit more now or are they still kind of kind of locked down. I knew they were a little bit behind the rest of the state for a while. Yeah, it's been pretty, I think restaurants are just starting to open up now, kind of at still 25%, I think, in the actual city. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty dead most of the time, especially since outdoor. We haven't, you know, it's been snowing and raining, so. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen, I, I spent a lot of time in Philadelphia for a bunch of years, and I've seen a bunch of, like, restaurants and bars that I frequented posting up for sale or closed or hang it up. So that's, that's going to be a bummer. Um, um, that, um, boot and saddle, the venue closed. Um, yep. I mean, I'm happy union transfers still open, but to go from a, 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 a rundown country and Western dive bar to like one of the coolest small venues, hopefully whoever takes it over the, the sign stays. Cause it's just so cool. 
It's a it's a giant neon uh, cowboy boot, Frank. Yeah. Boot and saddle, but it's it not move? like it doesn't move. No. No, it's just just <laughs> that outlined. That would be yeah, sweet. But it's like it's not like like you'd be you'd struggle to find a country band play there. Just a little intimate room. I guess we'll we'll see. Hopefully by this summer we're we're back to something at least festival pier and stuff. Hopefully they're able to do stuff this summer. So we want to thank you so much for for joining us this evening, taking time out to talk to us. We are going to be back in Philly as soon as possible, um, and we'll definitely be back in Lancaster. So any uh you know any of our shows that you want to come to, you have a a guest list spot. Um, from here on out, you know, we'll, we'll leave your name at the door. Open invitation. That is great news. I will be there. If you send us, so like our, our problem is sometimes the venues have sketchy Wi-Fi. So you got to give us those requests um, in advance and we'll make sure we have some uh, some newer Taking Back Sunday to play for you as well. Yeah. You'll be able to find me, the girl in the skeleton onesie. Oh, the skeleton onesie. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much. Uh, Guys, this has been cry about it the podcast about all those sad songs that make you happy and we were joined by our new friend michelle judah and uh, we want to thank her so much and and uh, wish all of our friends and family in philadelphia um the best and we can't wait to see you guys soon thank you guys subscribe hit the like button all that fun stuff and uh we'll see you next week later